Restoration Church, we focus on reaching the lost, reviving their lives with the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, and restoring hearts, minds, and relationships through the power of the gospel. We are a church equipping and empowering the body of Christ to reach their full potential in Christ. We are led by lead pastor Rex and Jennifer Hare. We hope you are encouraged by this morning's message. Excuse me, Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to start with verse 9, where we stopped last week. Verse 9 of Matthew chapter 5. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the for theirs, because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all things kinds of evil against you because of me. Now rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Amen. Amen. Stretch your hands this way and ask God to bless us for the preaching and teaching of this word. Father we love you and we honor you and we thank you for your word that's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We pray that your Holy Spirit would rest on us today and give us the words to speak from your throne room today. Through the strength and the power of your word, may we be transformed by the power of your word. May your church be edified. May your name be lifted up so you will draw all men unto you and your church will be edified and we will be glorified. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And the church said amen, amen. and amen. How many of us know that faith in Christ brings something that the whole world is looking for called peace? Yes. Everybody's looking for peace. How many of us like, guys, you like to go in the woods and hunt, and there's the one thing that you like to do when it's hunting, when you're hunting, is you like to hear the peace and quiet. How many of us have a little place at your house where you can go out on the back deck, or walk off in the woods, or get on your boat and go fishing, man, amen? And you can have some peace. You can clear your mind. You can think. Now, ladies like to go to peaceful place. Their peaceful place might be Bell or Target. Come on, ladies, help me out. Hey, it may be your quiet place. It may be a place to walk off in the woods. Miss Marianne, it may be your prayer closet. It may be in your recliner having your cup of coffee and your devotion time. But everybody under the sound of my voice in, in this world is looking for something called Peace. And peace looks different to the followers of Christ than it looks to, than it looks to other people. The Bible tells us that we are justified by the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen? He that knew no sin became sin for us. And we are given peace in our walk with the Lord when we walk with him. Galatians tells us that we walk when we keep in step with the Spirit of God. Galatians chapter 5 that when we do that, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, inside of each one of us, whether we like it or not, the flesh can 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 kind of uh, roll up in us, can it? can it can it can show itself. Come on, anybody ever got the flesh besides me? Come on. First thing we need to do is have some repentance in here this morning. So what we need to understand that the flesh is fighting to get out. What is the flesh? It's that old carnal nature that we used to live under. Come on. Right. It's that person who wants to get out, who wants to show himself that is not dead to Christ yet. And a lot of times people think, well, when I got saved, all my problems went away. I wouldn't sit down and talk to you and say, well, how you, how you accomplish that? Amen. 
If you've done that, you sit down and talk to me. I will pay you and buy your lunch. You tell me how your problems went away once you come to know Jesus as your Savior. Matter of fact, a lot of people don't understand this, but when you come to know Jesus, your problems are just starting. Amen? But he did say, take heart, I've overcome the world. He said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. And sometimes, come on, some people, anybody ever seen somebody, they seem to go through more trouble than other people, and you just wonder why these people go through more trouble than the, the common people? Come on. Yeah. But that's not for us to question God, but it's for us to see that the Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust alike. You ever seen somebody, you know they wasn't a Christian, you know they wasn't a follower, but God just blesses them? Come on. You know why God just blesses people like that? Because God loves people. Amen? And his whole goal is to bring people unto him. So let's go back to peace. Peace in our spirits is important. Amen? Come on, give me an amen on that. Peace in our spirits is important. Peace is not always the place where you're in in the physical. Peace is not always in the place you're in in the physical. I mean, has ever been in a confrontation or something going wrong or a bad situation or sickness and you didn't feel peace in the physical, but you could feel peace in the spiritual. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. The peace I give unto you is not as the peace that this world gives. We can't find peace. We can search from one end of the earth. But we can't find peace. We might find a, a little moment of peace where it's peace and quiet. But peace is only found in the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when we understand who Jesus is, we learn to submit ourselves to who the person of Jesus Christ. And when we submit ourselves to the person of Jesus Christ, we become less cynical. Come on. Yeah. We become less critical of others. Amen. Yeah. We become less condescending of others. Come on. We, we become less negative, come on, right. and we become less self-sufficient because we don't under, we have to understand that the person of Jesus Christ is the one who sustains us yeah. right. through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, and I know I'm doing a lot of uh, a groundwork here, but we're going somewhere. You know, the Bible tells us in the scripture that so being called the sons of God is our identity. Those who are peacemaker are called the who? The sons of God. So your identity is not in who you are. It's in who the person of Jesus Christ is. Let me say that again. It don't make no difference, Brian, how many worldly accolades I get. I could be a professional baseball player, football player, and be better, Brother David, than anybody out there. But those accolades mean nothing if I don't know Jesus. Come on. See, I can't accomplish anything spiritually outside of the Godhead of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Who work together as one. One speaks of the other. Jesus said, I don't speak of my words, but I speak of what the Father speaks. And when I ascend to the Father, I'm going to send you he who is called the Comforter, who is the Holy Spirit. He is a he in gender, and he will lead you unto all truth. Amen. What is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father set by me. So the problem in our churches today is not that our God is not big enough and our Savior is not strong enough. Is that we have a submission problem to the Godhead of Jesus Christ. Amen. And you say, well, Pastor Rex, uh, well, Restoration Church has a lot of problems. Every church you'll walk in has problems because it has people in it. Right. 
And all of us are imperfect. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, Miss Marianne, but we all have faults and failures. We are created into a, we were born into a broken world with broken people. Yeah. Jesus came to save, seek and save that which was lost and help broken people. Right. So we have to understand that in ourselves, we are insufficient to be who God calls us to be. But it's through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus is not literally here today with us in person, but his Holy Spirit. How many has felt his spirit this morning? Right. Sometimes we feel his spirit stronger than other times, but his promise was he will never leave us nor forsake us. Who was Jesus talking about? He will never leave you nor forsake you, the person of the Holy Spirit. Come on. Right. He will go with us always, even until the ends of the earth. We know that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father this morning ever make an intercession for us. Why is Jesus at the right hand of the Father? Because God caused him to live on this earth for 33 and a half years and to feel the things that we feel and to go through the loss that we lost. The Bible says he became the propitiation of our sin. He became sin for us. Hear me today, church. You got somebody that's at the right hand of the Father this morning. No matter what you're going through, making intercession from you by what the Holy Spirit is sharing with him through your prayers. Amen. So we have somebody who's fighting for us. I don't have to go and fix that problem. I can allow the Holy Spirit to do it for me. I don't have to shut the amount of the attack of the enemy. The Holy Spirit will do it for me. When I surrender to the person of Jesus Christ. Amen. So being called the sons of God has to do with our identity. Now if we're going to be peacemakers, we're going to have to separate ourselves from people's and people and situations that cause our peace to leave now. The apostles and the disciples, some of them separated themselves from each other because they did not get along. Amen? It doesn't mean that they didn't share the good news of the gospel. It means that sometimes they didn't get along and they were, you know, there's some people you just like hanging out. If you like the bass fish, guys, you gonna hang out with somebody who likes the bass fish. Unless they know more about bass fishing than you. Come on. And they like to share. Yeah. But if you like to play golf, the good idea, Brian, is to play golf with somebody who's better than you that's teach, that can teach you. Come on, am I right? Right. So there's a good idea for ladies if, if you like crafting or whatever you like doing, you go hang out or you like go shopping, you're going to hang out with somebody shopping. Come on, y'all going to have to help me later. Right. There you go. Or if you like uh, doing projects off of, uh, what is it, Pinterest. My wife loves Pinterest, by the way. Pinterest and Amazon, she loves it. Yeah. I mean, that's not a plug for either one, that's just, she likes it. Hey, I seen it, when she says at the dinner table with Cindy, hey, I seen this today on Pinterest, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Mentally preparing myself in the back of my mind for what's next. But is it, in a fellowship of the body of believers, we need to find people who are like-minded like us. Come on, I'm going to preach a little bit right here today. And we need to learn to learn stuff from each other instead of being critical of each other. Right. You know, it's easy to be critical of somebody, you know. I mean, somebody might have shoes on that I don't like, but it's not my shoes, it's theirs. Come on. Right. Somebody drive a car that I don't like, but it's not my car, it's theirs. It has nothing to do with me. Right. All I know is I've been called as a body, as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ to help create and foster a spirit of humility in the church. Yes. So your peace can be rocked. Right. 
Right. You know, how many has had to separate yourself from somebody that robbed your peace? Right. Anybody ever somebody robbed your peace? Yeah. Well, I got three, three hands. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the reason the scripture says, as much as you can within yourself, get along with those of the body of faith. Right. You have to separate yourself from some things. Come on. Got really quiet. Right. Amen. Anybody ever work somebody that's a know-it-all? I'm going to take a little step deeper. <laughs> you ever work somebody that's know-it-all? Mm. They may not know much, but they know something about everything. Oh, yeah. do, do, you, do you naturally chance gravitate to that person? No. Nope. No, you're going to find something to do, you know. You're going to go find time to wash your hair or, you know, go vacuum out the car. Come on, man. You're going to find something to do that you really don't like to do to get away from that person. What I'm trying to say is that we naturally gravitate to people we have something in common. So we as the church and the body of believers, we need to understand that God put us together to sharpen us as steel on steel. We need to understand as the body of believers, sometimes people are going to irritate you. But I'm going to say this real quick and then I'm going to make a little point here and then I'm going to move on. If somebody would talk about other people to you, they're going to talk to other people about you. Right. Right. I'm, I'm gonna say it again because I got two amen. If somebody I talk to other talk to you about other people, they're gonna talk to other people about you. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna move on. I just helped about five people right here. We have to remember that the Lord is fighting for us. He is our redeemer, he is our deliverer, he is our hope, he is our peace, he is the source of all love and all good things. Isn't that what scripture says? So if I want my life to change, if I want strongholds in my life to break, I've got to focus on the Godhead of Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? I have to focus on God. Verse 10 says it like this, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now a lot of people don't like hearing this now in our modern Americanized church. If you follow the person of Jesus Christ and live for Jesus Christ in these last days, you will be persecuted. Right. And a lot of times people persecute you and talk about you, not because they dislike you, but they dislike the God that you serve. Amen. Right. Amen. Right. They don't like the person you serve. They have a problem with God. You know, I had to come to realization of that as pastor. It ain't necessarily people don't like me at times. They they just like, they have a conflict with the God I serve. Right. And I represent that person. That don't mean I'm perfect, but that means I represent that person so they have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. All right? So let's move to the next point. Those who hold on to a standard of truth, purity, and justice refuse to compromise to the world and its evil society will be persecuted because of their stand for Christ. If you refuse to compromise to the world, you're going to be persecuted. And I said, well, Pastor, where's the good news? We're getting there. If you refuse to become lukewarm, if you refuse to become indifferent, if you refuse to quit, if you refuse to compromise, they're going to push you away. And they're going to talk about you. You know, I had a guy say, he heard a guy say a while back, if, if you're going to be a leader, you got to get ready to get criticized. Yeah. If you want to make everybody happy, sell ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. It's the truth. Right. It's a very generic statement, but it's the truth. Right. 
if you leave anything, you're not going to make everybody happy. I think right. it doesn't matter if you get everybody a million bucks. Yeah. It might make them happy a little while, but some people are just naturally unhappy because they haven't come to know the person of Jesus Christ right. and surrender to him. So we refuse to be lukewarm. Let's go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 4. Revelation chapter 3, verse 4 says, You, yet you have a few people in Sardis who have not met, who have not sold their clothes. They will not walk with thee dressed in white, for they are worthy. Who is he talking about? He's talking about a church right here. And he's saying, There's a church there that has not sold their clothes. They haven't given in. Come on. Come on. There's a church there. There's a remnant that God's going to have in the last days who are not going to give in. Yeah. They're going to be persecuted, but they're not going to give in. Right. Anybody ever been made fun of before because you're a Christian? Oh, there's one of them preachers. Yeah. There's one of them preachers again. Right. Yeah. All them preachers, all they want to do is cast checks and eat chicken. That's it. Right. That's all they do. That's all they care about is, is, is making money. I don't know a lot of those preachers. Yeah. I, I don't know a lot like that. So the point is, is you're going to be criticized for whatever you do. I mean, anybody ever work, really work with somebody and get criticized by? Yeah. If you worked, you did. Right. If you worked around anybody, you did. We have entered a time in today's information, social media society, driven society, that we lose our peace over petty arguments. Right. Right. How many of us know that Facebook and Instagram and all these things, they're up there, and how many millions of opinions are on these social media platforms? So many. I love it when somebody says something about something that's going on in the culture, whether it's COVID or whatever it's going on, and you got all of these opinions, and you got people that's literally losing their salvation. Come on. And their mind and their testimony over something somebody else said that had nothing to do with it. You know what you need to do? Log off and go do something constructive. Did he say that? Did I just say that? And go do something constructive with your life. Because it's pettiness and what happens a lot of times is we lose our testimony of what somebody else thinks. Yeah. Now, if you're a conservative Christian, you have values. Amen? Amen. I have values that I believe in politically, morally. I have things that I stand for as a church, as a minister of the church of God, that I believe in politically and morally. But it's not my job to go influence other people about what I believe. It's my job to show people the person of Jesus Christ. It's God's job through the power of the Holy Spirit trying to transform somebody and change somebody. We have been put here as evangelists. You don't have a title. We have been put here. Any of us don't have to have a title, I should say. We have been put here to show people the person of Jesus by how we act and how we feel. The changing part is left up to God. Let me say this. It's going to help some people in here. It's not my job as a pastor to grow the church. It's my job as a pastor to guard my flock and protect you and to pray over you and to be your covering and allow him to give the increase. So don't blame the pastor if the church is not growing. What are you doing to help it grow? Ask yourself those questions. Because right. we can all point fingers back at us. Now listen, we're not here to build a church. We're here to promote the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Right. Amen. I'm going to help some folks today. So, 
What we need to understand is, is when we allow Jesus to take care of it, we lose the responsibility. We take that stress and that load off of us and we're surrendering to the person of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, we can all, anybody look in the mirror in the morning? Anybody ever look in the mirror? Come on, y'all. Y'all yeah. <laughs> already ready to go to practice. You ever look in the mirror in the morning? Some of us don't like looking at it as much as others. I don't. You know when I look in the mirror, you know what I, I think about in the morning, Brian? Boy, you're getting old. Man, does that hairline move some more? What happened to Teddy, Freddie, and Tim over here? He's done gone. They exited the building. Done hit the easy eject button. But when I look at that, I think of all my imperfections. But when God looks at me through the person of Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he sees somebody sanctified, on fire for God, and filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we identify with who Jesus sees us as, we forget about the pettiness and we walk in some joy and some peace because this world didn't give it and this world can't take it away. Amen. Amen. And that's what happens to us all the time. We're comparing ourselves to others. You know, a lot of people go to long extents to have the perfect picture. Now, ladies, if you're going to go have a picture, you're not going to look like you just crawled out of bed and fix you. You're going to fix your hair. Come on, help me, guys. You're going to fix your hair, do your makeup, make sure you got the right blouse on. You're going to make sure your husband don't have that shirt on again that's got the salsa stain on it. Come on. Come on, guys. Because you want the pictures, if you have a family picture, you want it to look a certain way, right? Right? You want to have the people? You want to have the kids in the right place? You want to have the layout? Come on, Bree's a photographer. Bree, there's, there's certain ways you can see it and arrange yourself that makes the photo that much more presentable, right? Now, photographers can't fix ugly. That's just part of it, you know. But they can, they can lighten it up a little bit, make it easier to, you know. But what I'm trying to make is today, we live in a world that presents itself as perfect we live in a social media driven society. You know, you say, well, what does this have to do with the blessing of God? Yeah. We live in a world that compares itself to everybody else, and we wonder why we don't have any peace when what they're presenting to you is fake. Yeah. It's been photoshopped, right. it's been built. That guy's wife do not look that good. The devil's just trying to get you to lust after. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's house is not perfect. He don't have a perfect job. Yes, he may have a nice bass boat, but it comes with a hefty payment. Come on. Yeah. It don't all look that good. The point I'm trying to make, there's something called godly contentment that we can have. You can have a boat that just got drug out of the bushes and you bought a motor on Facebook Marketplace and for nothing and you put a little paint on it from Walmart and you got a little boat. Well, hey, that guy may be sitting over there with a $30,000 boat with a $600 a month payment and you sitting there in an ugly boat catching more fish. Come on, somebody. Amen. And all these guys, come on, I'm just being real. You know, I had a guy look at my boat one day after the lake. He said, man, what happened to your boat? I said, a tree fell on me. So I don't know if I bought that. I said, look, I checked the boat. None of the seams were broken on it. You know, it's not, there's, anybody ever been in my boat? It's a nice boat. It runs good. You know, fish come bike around that boat sometimes too. By Jason. But you know what? I didn't worry about what the guy said. I don't know if I bought a boat and been on the side. I'm like, well, you're not me. I didn't say that. Because <laughs> right. this same boat, I got about six or $7,000 cheaper because it had a win in it. Right. 
And this guy happened to have about a $25,000 bass boat over there. Yeah. And about a $60,000 truck. I wasn't jealous of him. But I'm thinking, you know, I didn't buy the boat for you. I bought the boat for me, but it's good. You know, and it went to water and it didn't sink. It was good. And I hit the ignition and it cranks right up. It, you know, I didn't have a $90 reel. I had a $20, $25 zip code. Fish don't know that reel didn't cost 78 bucks, 100 bucks. Right. I'll get one going. We can compare our lives away to other people. And there's nothing wrong with these other people. I'm not jealous of those people. They're happy I'm happy. But we can compare our lives to what other people are living and we lose our joy over it. Right. Yeah. And it does not matter in the grand scheme. Right. So if I think, you know, my kids got problems. You know, my kids don't behave like other people's kids do. You don't know what them kids do when they're away from you. Right. Well, my marriage don't look like their marriage. You don't know what their marriage really looks like. Yeah. My family don't look like, my finances don't look like their finances. You don't know actually how their finances are. What you're seeing may be a lot different. Right. So a lot of times we get involved in this thing. The Bible says, Miss Mary in 2 Timothy, he calls it godless chatter. Anybody ever gotten involved in that? Yeah. How many's ever, you know, we're going to be real here today. How many's ever seen a post on Facebook or Instagram and you go to comment on it and the Holy Spirit makes your finger cramp up before you hit send? <laughs> and you hit the little backspace button and you delete. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all can go back and say, Pastor Rich preached on social media today. Yeah, I yeah. But the Holy Spirit will make you do good. I mean, I've had all kinds of, you know. Anybody want to say something to somebody in work before and the Holy Spirit just gags you like he's going to kidnap you and put you in a trunk? Then all I have to do is call, get this thing called a release. Because what I'm getting involved is a godless chatter and somebody's trying to pull me out. Somebody's kind of trying to draw me out. Come on. You don't believe that the pastor tried to people try to try to draw the pastor out? Hang with me for about a week. You know, I heard so and so about so and so, they're having a hard time. I'm like, no, I'm praying for them. I, you know, I'll talk to them about that. Or maybe we just need to pray about it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Maybe that person's struggling, you got concerned, maybe you need to text them and ask them how you can pray for them. I got three agents then. So this thing called Godless Chatter. Where does this thing called Godless Chatter come from? It comes from a critical spirit. Where does the critical spirit come from? Where does the critical spirit come from? The Antichrist. It's the spirit of the Antichrist. It's rooted in pride. Let me help y'all a little bit. It's rooted in the spirit of pride, which will not submit itself to the person of Jesus Christ. Fueled by gossip and selfishness, and its goal is division and destruction. Right. Come on. Amen. Right. Remember this lady called Jezebel? Yeah. Did she not pursue the prophet and want to kill him? Yeah. Did she not send word to him that she was going to kill him? Yeah. Now, what ended up happening to her? God took her out. Yeah. And the dogs ate her. Isn't that what the Bible said? I know that's pretty crude, but they know what the Bible said. Right. So, what does that mean to us as Christians? When you get involved in that and you allow that spirit to manipulate you, that person does not submit themselves to the gospel of Jesus Christ or the person of Christ, 
They want to draw you out. Right. But rest assured, these spirits will be revealed by God. Right. You know, I've had a lot of people tell me they're friends of my friends over the years. Right. And down the road, they weren't really my friends. They were just using me and manipulating me. Hear me today, church. You want to know what to pray for in these last days? And I'm moving on because I know a lot of you say, well, Pastor, you, you stirring it up right now. No, I'm talking about the spirit set against the church. And I'm talking about things that will rob your peace. And I'm going to call it like I see it. You want to move on in Christ? And you want to know what to pray for, Brother Keith? We want to know for in the church in these last days before the coming of the Lord, what to pray for is the spirit of discernment. You know why I need to pray for the spirit of discernment? So I know who the plagues are. So I know who's trying to manipulate me. I know who's trying to destroy me. You know, I had a friend of mine tell me about back, Miss Marianne, that's not even affiliated with my church. She comes up to me one day and she says, you know, Mr. Hare, you got to understand this. Everybody ain't got the same dream you got, so don't share your vision with everybody. Right. Everybody don't believe what you believe. So you can't share your vision with everybody. You know what I understood she was trying to tell me? Have some discernment. Yeah. Because some people don't want what you want. Right. They want what you got. Yeah. If we're waiting on a position to do anything for God, we're waiting on the wrong thing. The position that you have in Jesus Christ is what he did for you on the cross. You don't need a position to do anything for Christ. I think about Mr. What's his name down here? Five points. Help me. Mr. Bonner. Mr. Bonner don't have a church. As far as I know, he don't have a theological degree. He don't have a platform. He has a piece of red clay that's beside the parking lot in front of Bojangles down here five, at five points, and he shares more people with Jesus than most churches do on Sunday. Right. He don't have no platform. He's right where God put him at. Right. And he's just loving on people. I can't, I wish I know one day when he gets to heaven, he's going to get to see how many people that he's impacted yeah. for the kingdom of God. What I'm trying to tell us today, church, we're focusing on the wrong things. Let Jesus, rule your heart so you can show people Jesus every day. Don't let your peace be rested upon what other people think of you. You know, they, you know, my mom used to tell me this all the time, Miss Marianne. Now, Rex, when I was a little boy, I wanted everybody to like me. And I'd get upset. I'd probably three or four years, I don't know, probably third or fourth grade. And I'd get upset. But so-and-so at school didn't like me. And she would say, baby, it don't matter what you do. Some people are not going to like you. you got to understand that Jesus loves you. And he died for you. you got to understand. What she was trying to show me, that my insufficiency was in who Rex was. But my peace was in who Jesus was. And who he is. Okay. The only remedy for a critical spirit is called repentance. We don't talk about that a lot in the churches anymore because we don't think that we need to repent. A lot of people don't. Repentance, what is that? Repentance is a turning from sin. It's not being sorry for it. There's a lot of people get caught and they're sorry for it. What about repentance? What about a turning from it? I'm going in one direction and I turn and go the other way. That's called repentance. Yeah. 
And repentance is something that I do daily. I don't know about y'all. I'm helping myself every day. I repent. I ask God to forgive me. How many ever ask God to forgive yourself? Forgive yeah. I do every day. I ask him to help me see the mistakes I made and not make those same mistakes again. Verse 11. It says, Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and speak falsely and say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Blessed are you. You have been insulted because of who you are in Jesus Christ? Bible-bumpers. They think they're better than me. I don't know who y'all Christians think y'all are. Y'all think y'all better than I, I don't think I'm better than anybody. No. But maybe that person is waiting on you to keep showing them Jesus, and maybe the Holy Spirit can change that person. Yeah. It's not our job to change people. It's our, our job to show people Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to change. Jesus said it like this. They persecuted the prophets. That were before you. Isn't that what he said? No. So they're going to persecute you. No. Keep in mind, church, this is important. Who are the ones that put Jesus on the cross? The religious people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would dare say the religious spirit in the church is stronger than the seven man. Yeah. Religion. We don't do it this way, we don't do it that way. Everybody, Paul said in Corinthians, that everybody has spiritual gift. Many have more than one. Isn't that what he said? And when we don't have the gifts working together, that the church lacks. Isn't that what he said? That everybody has a gift. You know, everybody has a talent. You know, I learned when we were remodeling the sanctuary that Brian knows a lot of stuff. A lot more stuff than I know. I didn't criticize Brian for what he knew. I tried to learn from him. You know, he troubleshoots really well because he, you probably had to do it many times over the years, right? Probably wasn't as good at it when you first started out as you are now because you've seen a lot of water going on the bridge. You see what I'm saying? I don't need to take from that. I need to learn from that. The point I'm trying to make is we need to learn to learn from each other. And you can only do that in humility. I mean, I... Y'all may think this based some things in the scripture. I go ask Brother Keith. Because Brother Keith's been studying it a lot longer than me. He has a, may have a better understanding. He said, the pastor at Yeah. Yeah. Because I haven't arrived yet. I don't know it all. I'm helping some folks. I don't know it all. But I'm going to ask for some help. So the persecution's going to come because we believe in the Lord in these last days. We believe in it. Persecution's going to come. Then he goes to verse 12 and he says, Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. They persecuted the prophets, they're going to persecute you. So I'm supposed to rejoice when I'm persecuted. So I'm supposed to be happy when I'm persecuted. That means my joy is not of this world. My peace is not of this world. The world didn't give it. Remember y'all saw we used to sing it? The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Now, I love these young folks. I don't know what I'm talking about. But we used to sing that in the Bohemians years ago. Well, the world ain't given and the world ain't taken away. Yeah. We gotta understand that situations in our lives pass. Come on. Yeah. Ecclesiastes says we're in a we're in a, a cycle of seasons. Isn't that what it says? Right. And there's gonna be some good times, and there's gonna be some bad times, and there's gonna be some persecution, and there's gonna be some disagreements, and there's gonna be some hate, and there's gonna be some hard feelings. It's gonna happen. 
Let us go to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in the praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Your faith is going to be tested. My faith in Jesus Christ is going to be refined by fire. What does fire do? Dude, it gets things hot, isn't it, doesn't it? Right. You ever seen anybody up in the mountains, Brian, they have these blacksmiths up in, uh, what is it, Severe, Gatlinburg up in there. They still have these little blacksmith shops. They can't mold and refine that metal until it gets to a certain heat. Yeah. And it refines it. And what happens to that metal is it gets hotter. The impurities start to come out of it. Well, a lot of times in this world, in this life, in the trials we go through, the devil's going to heat us up. Come on. And God's going to allow it to happen. You say, well, Pastor Rex, does God allow the devil to do things in my life? Yes, but I have to understand that everything the devil does in my life, it has to come through the hand of God. Come on. Does he allow things to go wrong in my life? Yes, he does. But he's trying to make me better in him. He's trying to get me to trust him more. He's trying to get me to grow in him. Come on. But it's sifted through the hands of God. So we're refined like gold. We come out genuine. And our praise is stronger in the end. We have to understand. In Acts, when the church was launched, there were wolves in the crowd. Come on. Yeah. Was that not? Yeah. Go read Acts chapter 20. And he talks about it. There are people who don't want you to succeed. I know this is hard right here today. There's people who don't want you to succeed on the job. There's people out there who don't want your church to succeed. We'll say this again. There are people right here in this community who don't want this church to succeed. Yeah. Can I get some amens from leadership? Right. When we were trying to move here, there were a lot of people who didn't want us here. Yeah. Right? There were a lot of people who didn't want us here. They won't tell the church what to do with this property. Come on. They didn't want us here. You know why? Because they were worried about what happened years ago instead of worrying what God and His church could do for this community. Because they were hard and bitterness and unforgiveness in their lives. But if we didn't quit and we didn't give up and we're here. So the point I'm trying to make is there's people that will come against you and they will attack your integrity and attack who you are. But if you find your peace in Jesus Christ, situations will change, but the peace and the love of Christ in your heart will never leave. And the Lord will fight for you. On the job, you know, what happens on Sundays and Wednesdays is a very small percentage of what happens in our walk of life. In our walk with the Lord every week, right? right? There's about two hours on Sunday, three hours on Sunday morning, and about two hours on Wednesday night. Think of all the other hours we spend away from here. Yeah. But Brian, whether I'm in this building or outside this building or at Hoover City Schools, you know what matters? That I'm still who I am. Yeah. And I've been a rep- I'm a representative of Jesus Christ to present who I am to the world. Present who I am to the world. I don't have to go tell everybody about a pastor. People will ask me, I'll tell them. Are you a pastor? Somebody tell me a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. Oftentimes I've been given an opportunity to share Jesus with somebody. Might not have led to the Lord, but we got to plant a seed. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. 
We have to understand this. The church, I'm done with this. The church is not defined by the building. Thank you for this. But the church is defined by what we do outside this building. Amen. How we live outside this building. If we're looking to not have conflict in our lives, you might as well give up. Because no matter where you're at, you're going to have some conflict. And if we're looking to return an evil word for an evil word, we're allowing those people in that spirit to manipulate us. Let me say this. Paul said it like this in Ephesians chapter 6. He said, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness and high places. That person that's coming against you, that's not the person. That's the spirit behind the person. There you go. So we're not here to hate on people. We're here to understand and recognize the spirits that behind them. I've had people I work with that didn't know me from Adam's apple that come against me. They didn't realize they've been manipulated by that spirit that's manipulating them. Come on. The Bible tells us in Peter that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He don't necessarily hate you, but he hates who you live for. Amen. And the last days we need to understand as a church, you think the devil's going to let up on the church? Absolutely not. And if you think the attack against the church as you as a follower and a believer in Jesus Christ is going to stop, absolutely not. But he said, take heart because I've overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. My rest and my peace is not in this world. You know, I had a guy that anybody ever heard, what's the guy's name? He's got the, the, the uh, he's got the dreads. Todd White. I listen to Todd White preach. He don't look like a preacher. But I love listening to Todd White talk to people about Jesus. And he talked about before he got into ministry, he had found Jesus and he was on fire for the Lord. He worked with this guy who hated him. He worked for a trucking business, a delivery, a large delivery business. And his boss, boy, kept putting him with this guy. And this guy that he was working with, he was basically a helper. Todd was. And the guy says, I can't stand you. One of them Jesus freaks. Don't even talk to me. And the guy just kept going and going. He even went to his boss and said, I don't want Todd working with me. True story. And Todd would say, even went to his boss and said, look, this dude don't like me. He's told me he hated me. He's told me don't talk to me. I get in the truck. I don't even talk to him. You know? And the guy said, no, he needs help, Todd, so you're going to work with him today. He's got the lot of deliveries, mate. Y'all going to have to learn. Come on. Helping somebody. Y'all going to have to learn to work together. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So Todd kept going, and then Todd, and me, they were stopped at a store one day, and just somebody delivered. He stopped in there to the store to get something to eat, and Todd got out of the truck, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. A lady standing there coming out of the liquor store, out of a store with a, uh, that sold alcohol, convenience store. And she got out, and the Holy Spirit told him to pray for that lady. He said, the Holy Spirit said, she got a back problem. You pray for her. And he stopped and prayed for that lady. And the Holy Spirit said, now you tell her to go tell so-and-so what he, I just did for him, her. Wow. 
She walked up to the truck. The guy had his sandwich. He got back in. I think he had got a pizza. He got in the truck and was opening the soda to eat his pizza. They were sitting over there parked to the side. The lady knocks on the door and said, hey, this guy right here that sat by you just prayed for you, me. And she was cussing and using all kinds of profanity and stuff. And she said, all I can tell you is my blankety blank back don't hurt no more. <laughs> yeah. And we're laughing about it. But there's somebody that's just been touched by the power of God is sharing Jesus to somebody else. Even though they didn't look what they thought we thought that she looked like. He said the next day, the guy's like, man, what are you doing? Just leave it alone. You know, the guy, you know, he was nice to the lady because, you know, but they drove on the next day. Same thing happened. Stopping to get some lunch. Guy gets out to go in the store. Like a man walking out of the store, God told him to pray for him, his family. He's still one of his kids who left home, was in trouble. God told him to pray for him. The moment the guy was praying for him, the guy's son called the moment he got through praying for him and told him that he was on his way back home. Wow. Miracle after miracle after miracle happened as Todd obeyed God. Right. Then one day, he said they got back to the warehouse and Todd's job was to sweep the trailer, the tractor trailer out and to clean it out and get all the tickets ready for the next day's delivery. He said, I went there, and the guy had went in there to turn all his paperwork in, and he was coming back to help me clean up. And he said, I swept the truck out. I did as good as I could. The guy walked up to me and said these words. He said, I still don't really like you, Todd. But tell me about whom you know that gives you the power to do what you do. following in the church. He said, that's before God even gave me a platform to preach. Todd just knew who he was in Jesus Christ. And he was hated. And he was ridiculed. He said, this guy cussed me every day. Yelled at me every day. And I ended up leading this guy to the Lord. He said, we worked together for a while and he still didn't really like me, but he, let, he found Jesus. The point I'm trying to make is this simple church. What we do out here, wherever God's placed us at during the week, what we do for the kingdom is just as important what we do in here on Sunday mornings. And we can allow the lies and the attack of the enemy to rob our joy. I've been there the last couple of weeks. I've questioned myself. I've questioned ministry. I've questioned why. I've asked a lot of questions. And I've said a lot of things. But the Holy Spirit would say time and time again, why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it for that? Are you doing it for me? Are you going to keep doing what I called you to do? Because I'm not done. What you're just going to keep doing what I called you to do. Thank you for tuning in to this morning's message. If you were encouraged by this message and want to stay connected with the Restoration fam, check us out at restorationmacala.com. For more messages like this, you can find us on Spotify and Facebook.